From NPR and WNYC, live from the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York, this is Ask Me Another. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, your host for another hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Coming up, we're going to sing songs about Istanbul, not Constantinople. And we'll find out if money really makes the world go round with Adam Davidson and Alex Bloomberg, the creative forces of NPR's Planet Money. But first, let's welcome the musical leader of Planet Nerd, Jonathan Colton. Hello. President of Planet Nerd. <laughs> President of Planet Nerd. It's a lonely Nerd. office. <laughs> Greetings. And here to explain the games, keep score, and offer us the occasional hint is our puzzle guru, John Chinesky. Greetings from Planet Guru. Let's welcome our first two contestants, Jamie Orenstein and Claire Glass-Spiegel. <laughs> Jamie, you're a federal judge. It's true. Cool. Yeah. What's the best thing about your job? Okay, this is corny, but the best thing yeah. is like every year I swear in about 3,000 new American citizens, which is a lot of fun. That's Claire, you're a huge traveler. I am. What is your favorite place you've been to recently? Recently? Well, I just got back from Shanghai. Nice. Yeah. Had a good time there? A great time for my friend's wedding. All right. Well, this first game is called Appropriately Enough, which came first. I'll give you a list of three things, and they might be books, movies, consumer products, companies, or people. And all you have to do is tell me which one came first. For example, if I said iPhone, iPad, or iPod, the answer is iPod. Now, just to clarify the rules, if we name a person, we're asking about the year he or she was born. If we name a product, it's the year the product was first sold to the public. Now, the winner of this round will move on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Let's do it. Which came first? National Public Radio, National Park Service, or National Car Rental? Jamie. National Park Service. That is correct. (laughs) Following that, it goes National Park Service in 1916, then National Car Rental, and then NPR because, obviously, people renting cars and going to parks are the core audience of NPR. (laughs) Which came first? Post-its, post-raisin bran, or the Huffington Post? Jamie. Post-raisin bran. You seem certain with that, because you are correct. (laughs) Yeah, post-its were, like, forever after that. Like, 1977. That was the first post-it. Did you know that? Now you do. I I didn't know. (laughs) Which came first? The joy of cooking, the joy of sex, or Joy Behar? (laughs) Jamie. Joy Behar. I'm sorry. Claire for the steal? Uh, I'm going to guess Joy of Cooking. Yes, that is correct. I know, it's tricky. It's tricky, but it went uh, Joy of Cooking in 1930, Joy Behar, I'm not allowed legally to say the year, and then Joy of Sex, (laughs) 1972. Which came first, Michelle Bachman, Ted Turner, or Bachman-Turner Overdrive? Claire. Ted Turner. That is correct. Which came first, Pierce Brosnan, Piers Morgan, or Pier 1 Imports? Jamie. Pierce Brosnan. 
Yeah, that is correct. <laughs> then came Pier 1 Imports and then Piers Morgan. Is that unbelievable? I find that unbelievable. Which came first, Fritos, Doritos, or Judge Lance Ito? <laughs> Claire. Fritos. Fritos, yes. Fritos were 1932, a depression food. That is always how I've seen them. <laughs> and then Judge Lance Ito in 1950 and Doritos in 1964. Isn't that weird that there was like 32 years between <laughs> those potato chips? Technically, they're corn chips. <laughs> Which came first, the Space Shuttle, Space Mountain, or Space Invaders? Jamie. Space Mountain. Space Mountain is correct. 1975. Have you ever been on that ride? I've never been on Space Mountain. <gasps> How about you, Claire? I have many times. And? I love it. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, <laughs> here's a little trivia about me. My mother went on that ride and everything else in Disneyland and then found out that she was five months pregnant with me. <laughs> it worked out. Everything worked out. All right, John Chinesky, Puzzle Guru, how did our contestants do? The contestant who came in first this time is Jamie. Congratulations, Jamie. Thank you so much, Claire. Jamie, you'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Congratulations. I work on that I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? Still, there never seems to be a single penny left for me. That's too bad. In my dreams, I have a plan. If I got me a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work at all. I'd fool around and have a ball. Money, money, money must be funny. In a rich man's world Money, money, money Always sunny In a rich man's world In a rich man's world Jonathan Colton And we've got our next two contestants John Early and David Schmidt Two fascinating guys. John teaches at Science Camp. Yeah, very much so, yeah. What do you teach specifically at Science Camp? Well, today we made egg drops. Basically, you just drop eggs off buildings, and I find, <laughs> I find an excuse to do it. So there we go. It teaches <laughs> physics or something. That sounds very fun. Now, David, you grew up in Colonial Williamsburg? Oh, yeah. In the original Colonial? Hipsters, 1774. <laughs> How did that affect your life? Well, uh, there's lots of pictures of me wearing short, uh, short pants with stockings. <laughs> no. Buckles on my shoes. Um, I know how to churn butter. Uh, <laughs> well, the song that Jonathan Colton just played, Money, 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 is the perfect example of our next game, which is titled Triple Word Score. Jonathan, yes, what's that, going on here? That's right. This game is about words that get repeated three times. The word nerds in our audience will know this as the literary device Epizuxis which is repetition of a word for rhetorical effect, effect, effect. 
So, John, will you give us an example of this, please? Yes, an example of epizuxis. If we said Beyonce had her first number one hit in 1999 with Destiny's Child, thanks to what song about trifling men who cannot repay debts, the answer would be Bills, Bills, Bills. Got it? Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. All right. I grew up in 1774. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to be hard for you. Yeah. <laughs> We do recommend that if you are a time traveler, you not come on our show. Because... Uh, so ring in when you know the answer. In nursery rhymes, what is the preferred method for getting a boat gently down the stream? David. Merrily, merrily, merrily. I'm sorry, that is actually, technically that is not a method for getting a boat down a stream. That is just a description of how you might do it. John, do you, do you have a... What is row, row, row? That's right. Except that we are not on Jeopardy, so you don't. This is interesting. One contestant's from a different time and one's on a different show. Can I use a lifeline after this? No. All right, this is a uh, musical clue. Uh, Complete the lyrics with a three-word phrase featuring epizuxis. This is a song from the past and David from your future. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting, because Epizuxis, I'm now realizing, sounds like a character from Colonial Williamsburg. <laughs> well, she got her daddy's car, and she cruised through the hamburger stand now. Since she forgot all about the library, like she told her old man. And with the radio blasting, she goes cruising just as fast as she can now. And she'll have... David? Fun, fun, fun. You got it. An episode of Seinfeld helped popularize what repetitive saying used to gloss over the details of a story. David? Yada, yada, yada. That's right. The Muppets character known as the Swedish chef punctuates his usual gibberish with what three-word catchphrase? John? Rudy, rudy, boo. Verdi, verdi, voo? Verdi, verdi, voo. Well, again, those are not all three the same word. Uh, David, do you want to take a crack at this one? Not at all. Anyone out there? Bork, bork, bork. Here's another musical clue. To everything, blah, blah, blah. There is a season, blah, 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 and a time for every purpose under heaven. David. Uh, turn, turn, turn. You got it. All right, this is your last clue. The title of what 1970 movie about the attack on Pearl Harbor translates literally from the Japanese as Tiger, Tiger, Tiger? David. Tora, Tora, Tora. That's right. John Chinesky, how'd they do? The winner, surprise, 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 is David from Williamsburg. Congratulations, David. Nice job, John. Thank you. David, you'll be moving on to our final showdown. Our VIPs, that's very important puzzlers, are the creators of NPR's Planet Money, Adam Davidson and Alex Bloomberg. We'll ask them if we should be putting our money 
under our mattresses. So stick around. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is NPR's Ask Me Another. listening to Ask Me Another from NPR and WNYC. I'm Ophira Eisenberg. Coming up, we'll magically turn words into other words by adding nothing. Plus, we'll put Planet Money's Adam Davidson and Alex Bloomberg in the puzzle hot seat. But joining us right now are our next two contestants, Jim Sparnon and Dana Rossi. Now, both of you are music lovers. Jim, you go to an extraordinary amount of concerts. I try to go to as many as I can, as much as a half a dozen a month. Half a dozen a month. Now, is this across genre or is it just Yeah, across death genre. Metal? Uh, no, I mean, uh, very little death metal, actually. Okay. It, it, it's about everything from reggae to, you know, Eastern and Western African stuff to, you know, Mexican to many genres of American music. So you know kind of everything about music. I wouldn't say that. We'll find out. <laughs> Dana, you run a storytelling show, produce and host a storytelling show that has to do with music. I do, yeah. Which is not surprising because you grew up with a jukebox? That is I so did. lucky. We did. We had a jukebox in our downstairs, and one summer I decided I needed to type out all the labels <laughs> in the jukebox so that it was all neat and organized and looked professional in our basement. Oh, yeah. That's, so, uh, yeah. that's called obsessive-compulsive disorder. Yes, a little. <laughs> Okay, well, this next game is called Istanbul, not Constantinople. It's a music game, so I pass it over to Jonathan Colton. Indeed. Many cities have been immortalized in song, but not all of these songs honor the original place names of those cities. So we have replaced the cities mentioned in song with some of their historical antecedents, and you have to tell us the current name of the city or town. Then we'll ask a follow-up question that either of you can ring in for. I love Lutetia in the springtime I love Lutetia in the fall I love Lutetia in the winter when it drizzles I love Lutetia in the summer when it sizzles Dana? Byzantium <laughs> It's a fantastic That's guess, a but it guess. Was wrong. You probably thought that because of the Byzantine accent. I did. Uh, yes. What accent? Jim? I'll say Rio. Rio, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. What we're looking for is Paris. Okay, very serious right now. It's fine. It's going to be okay, everybody. It's fine. It's just a music game. Here's your follow-up question. Either of you can ring in for that. While in Paris, make sure to visit the Jardin du Luxembourg and the Point de Grenelle, where you'll find two replicas of what New York City landmark? Dana. Now I was going to say the Eiffel Tower. That's yeah. horrible. <laughs> Jim, can you steal? Uh, we'll say the Empire State Building. That's a good idea. Not what we're looking for, but a good idea. No, it's the Statue of Liberty. Oh. No, they never taught us what was real Iron and coal, chromium steel In 
we're waiting here in Northampton Town. Jim? Allentown. That's right, Allentown, Pennsylvania. Which Scottish-American industrialist sold his company to U.S. Steel in 1901 and was worth 0.6% of the U.S. economy at the time of his death? Jim. Andrew Carnegie. Beautifully pronounced and correct. Good morning, America. How are you? Sid, don't you know I'm your native son? I'm the train they call the city of Port Bayou Saint-Jean. I've been gone 500 miles and the day is done. Jim? It's the city of New Orleans. That's right. What celebrity chef opened his first eponymous restaurant in New Orleans in 1990 before bringing new New Orleans cooking to 13 restaurants across the country? Jim. Is that Emeril Lugasi? Bam! You are right. <laughs> no, it might sound strange, but I believe you'll be coming back before too long. Don't go back to Hungerford's Tavern. Don't go back to Hungerford's Tavern. Waste another year. <laughs> I know, it could be anything, Both right? Both the park contestants are like, I don't know, I always go back to Hungerford's Tavern, so... What if I tell you that's an R.E.M. song? Does that help? Jim, yes. Athens? No, no. It is not Athens. Dana? That's no. The answer is Rockville. Yeah, very popular song. Are we song. getting our hipster card revoked? <laughs> I, <laughs> I think it, depending who you talk to, you might get an extra star on it. I don't know. Adam Spiegel was born in Rockville, Maryland in 1969. After changing his name, he started directing music videos and then films, such as Adaptation and Being John Malkovich. What is his better-known pseudonym? Dana. That's Spike Jones. Yeah, Spike Jones. So receive me, brother, with your faithless kiss Or we leave each other alone like this In the streets of Shackamaxon Yes, Dana? Philadelphia. Philadelphia is right. One of Philly's most popular tourist attractions is the house located at 239 Arch Street, once the home of a seamstress named Elizabeth Claypool. But Claypool was her third husband's name. She's better known to us as what? Dana. Betsy Ross. Correct. All right, this is your last question. Looting, we're calling to the faraway towns. That war is declared. Battle come down. Looting, we're calling to the underworld. Come out of the cupboard, you boys and girls. Jim. That's London. It sure is. London held the title of the most populous city in the world from around 1831 to 1925. What was the next city to claim the top spot before being unseated by Tokyo in the 1960s? Jim. New York City. Correct. 
John Chinesky, how did our contestants do? The winner of Istanbul, not Constantinople, is Jim, not Dana. <laughs> Congratulations, Jim. Thank you so much, Dana. Jim, you'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More Final Round coming up at the end of the show. We've just taken you on a musical tour of World Cities. How about take a tour on our stage and join us as a contestant? Send us an email at askmeanother at npr.org, or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. We'll send you a quiz and see if you'll be the next toast of the town. On our stage right now, we have Marty Davidson Sichel and Bill Holsaffel. Marty, Bill, summer blockbusters. Tell me about one that either changed your life or was the biggest waste of your money. Marty? If you're going there, I really like the Star Treks. You really like the Star Treks. There I do you like go. the Star Treks. That does well with our people. They're my kind of people. <laughs> Bill, how about you? My wife and I just saw World War Z the other day. And? It's good, but read the book. The book is far better. They couldn't have made a movie out of the book. So go read the book. Enjoy the movie. Too. You know what? I'm just going to wait for when it really happens. <laughs> Our next game is called In a World. We love getting to theaters early for the trailers. So in this game, we've reimagined blockbuster-style movie trailers for some of our favorite nonfiction books. For example, it might sound something like this. Trapped in a race against time, one pop sociologist and New Yorker magazine writer must search for the exact moment when trends and ideas become sticky and start spreading. Like a virus. And to find out what that is? The answer is the tipping point. Okay, contestants, so we'll give you overblown trailers for famous nonfiction books, and you have to name the books. You don't have to give us the author. I mean, that's great. If you want to show off, totally fine, but we're just looking for the title. And remember, these are all nonfiction. The winner of this round will, of course, move on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Here's your first clue. In a world where different genders don't always understand each other, two nearby planets will teach us all how to get along and fall in love again. Marty. Men are from Mars and women are from Venus? That is correct. <laughs> Let's hear the next question. In a world where he has nothing to lose but his chains... One proletarian will usher in the march of history and throw a party that no class will struggle to be invited to. Bill. The Communist Manifesto. Exactly. <laughs> Those party animals, Marx and Engels. <laughs> Guys are doing great. Let's hear our next clue. He thought he had it all figured out. Until now. One English naturalist will embark on the ultimate ocean voyage. And with the help of some finches and giant tortoises, discover where we all came from. Bill. The origin of the species. Yes, that is correct. That is exactly how I would say it. The title is actually The Origin of Species. Okay, next question. 
in a belief system where the erotic can lead to spiritual bliss. One ancient Hindu philosopher will reveal everything you ever wanted to know about sex and won't skimp on the pictures. Marty. Uh, the Kama Sutra? <laughs> That's right, yeah. Sorry, I got excited. You said that. <laughs> Did you really get excited? You said it in a very sexy voice. I like that. You're like, uh, I'm trying. <laughs> Let's have our next clue. They don't follow the rules. They make them. An English professor teams up with a children's book author to explore language usage, composition, form, Spelling, and this time it's grammatical. Bill Strunk and White's The Elements of Style. Yes, indeed. I know you've read that by the way you said it so confidently. Uh, I think I had it in college, yeah. I cracked it maybe once or twice. This is your last clue. She was just doing her job, but the stakes were too high. Oh, yeah. Now, one female Facebook executive oh, will rise up yeah. and encourage all women to stop holding back and angle themselves towards reaching their goals. Bill. Lean in? Lean in is correct. John Chinesky. How did our contestants do? In a world where only one can be victorious, Bill is that winner. Congratulations, Bill. Marty, thank you so much. You're a fantastic contestant. Bill, you'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Well done. If you're just tuning in, you're in the middle of Ask Me Another. And let's say hello to our next two contestants, Joanne Wetzel and Cody Lee. Cody, you are visiting us. Yes. On vacation from Acton, MA, Massachusetts. That's where you live. What do you do in Acton? So recently I went on a motorcycle trip and I needed saddlebags, so I built some brackets so that they can attach to my bike. Oh, so you're you're building uh you're building actual practical items. Some days. Some days. <laughs> I like your laugh, by the way. You're like, bah ha ha, evil inventor. <laughs> 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 Joanne, you were also visiting all the way from New Jersey. Indeed. Now, you are a lover of accordion and bagpipe music. You are that one person. <laughs> so, I don't know anything about it. Who is a leading accordionist that I should listen to? Oh, uh, I would say Maria Kalniemi. She's from Finland. I don't know if that's how you say her name. That's how I say her yeah. name. And there's also Karen Tweed. She's from Scotland, and okay. she is also awesome. You know your stuff. Excellent. <laughs> Jonathan Colton, what are these fine contestants playing? Well, this game is called Just Add Nada. We're going to give you a clue to a word. If you add the letter O to the end of the word, you'll get a new word that answers the second part of the clue. So, John, can you give us an example? If we said add nada to what the D stands for in CD-ROM, and you get a music genre, you'd say disc and disco. Oh, mm -hmm. ouch. So ring in when you know the answer, and we are looking for both words. Although, obviously, one is easy to derive from the other. 
Add nada to a small child, and you get an 80s rock band. Cody. Dave Devo? <laughs> no. I like a small child being Dave. Dave. <laughs> you know my son Dave, of course. Joanne, do you have a guess here? Um, Tot and Toto? That's right. Add nada to a tree in the title of a Wes Craven horror film, and you get the only non-human to testify before Congress. Joanne. Elm and Elmo. Elm and Elmo, that's right. Add nada to an internet search engine, and you get a game played with balls. Joanne. Bing, bingo? Bing and bingo, that's right. Slight misdirect by saying that that is a game played with balls. That is not primarily the... Yeah, if you put gameplay with balls in Bing, you're not going to get bingo. (laughs) You will, but it'll be very far down on the list. Add nada to an arm or leg, and you get a dance that originated in Trinidad and Tobago. Cody. Limb limbo? Limb and limbo, that's exactly right. Add nada to a crime dramedy on the USA Network, and you get an Alfred Hitchcock movie. Psych and Psycho. Psych and Psycho, you got it. This is your last clue. Add nada to a word meaning on fire, and you get a common plastic lawn ornament. Flaming Flamingo. (laughs) Yes. Flaming Flamingo, I believe, is John Chinesky's drag name. That's me. Come see me next week. <laughs> where? The slipper room. Where? Cody wants to know where. <laughs> John, tell us what happened in that game. We have a tie. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, Cody and Joanne, I'm going to give you a tiebreaker question. Here it is. Add nodded to a space age drink mix and you get a South American dance. Cody. Tang becomes tango. That's correct. You are the winner, Cody. Nice work, both of you. What a close game. Thank you, Joanne. Cody, you will be moving on to our final round at the end of the show. Congratulations. Stay tuned. We'll talk to our VIPs, Planet Money's Alex Bloomberg and Adam Davison. Plus, we'll see if they're ready to bet the bank in a game we've created just for them. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR and WNYC's hour of trivia, puzzles, and word games. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and joining me are the co-creators of NPR's Planet Muddy, Adam Davidson and Alex Bloomberg. (laughs) Welcome to the show, guys. Thank Thank you. you. So first, I have to ask both of you, uh, we were teasing throughout the show know that we're like oh we're gonna get investment tips from them and i know you're, you're journalists is not exactly what you do but i, I just want to know should i buy gold alex uh, <laughs> <laughs> well i mean now's a better time to, than before because gold is way down if you bought now you would be making a slightly less bad mistake than if you bought like two months ago <laughs> 
I feel like my life is yeah. a series of slightly less bad mistakes. <laughs> That's, you're doing good, then. That's all we could hope for. Planet Money, for anyone who doesn't listen to it, start listening to it immediately. And what it is, as it's described, is explaining the economy, explaining money for entertainment in an understandable way that just anybody can un- digest. What we say is if, if uh, you went out to a bar and you had a friend and they told you about the economy and that was actually a fun evening, that's right. Planet Money. Yeah, yeah. And how has all that knowledge affected your own life? Has it affected your own spending habits, the way you look at world issues? I was a lot broker before we started Planet Money. (laughs) But it might be that being a financial journalist is a really good thing to be in a horrible financial crisis. So um, I'm not sure if I've learned more. Um, That's interesting. That is the one job that benefits and the pieces that you do, they're, they're incredible stories, just not all about money. Or the economy of scalping tickets at concerts, talking about selling rhino horns or... Uh... Right, we talked to one of the leading experts that there is in the world on scalping, Kid Rock. Kid Rock. Kid Rock, yeah. And how did you two first come together to work on the show? How did you meet? Well, we were both like broke freelancers in Chicago a long time ago and friends. Yeah, like um, 15... 20 years ago. 20 years ago, yeah. yeah. I know. Um, And then... It's coming up on the 20th anniversary of the party where we met. Yeah. (laughs) I already have your present. (laughs) (laughs) It was Alex's birthday party. I did not like him. I got really drunk. (laughs) I understand why this is more memorable right now to Alex. Yeah. (laughs) Is this true? Was It was your birthday party? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. And you were invited. I don't know that I was invited. Oh, okay. <laughs> Specifically not invited. It was really awkward. Yeah. But no, we eventually became good friends. And then a lot later, I was a business reporter at NPR, and Alex was at This American Life, and he kept saying, we should do something on the mortgage industry. I was like, what are you talking about? There's no, we're not doing an And I was app. like, America needs an hour on mortgage finance. <laughs> Right, it's a missing, missing piece yeah. to the puzzle, right? I mean, very, I, was, I thought it was a crazy idea, but we did it. And yeah, we had a bunch of emails back and forth, and then like, at a certain point we were like, ah, I guess it's too late to do that story about the mortgage crisis. And, <laughs> right, and then I was like, I think it's not too late. I think you're, a little, you're like in the expert world, and I feel like the rest of the country is still not caught up yet. So yeah. Yeah, we did it. If I were to put you up for this challenge, which you're about to go on, mm-hmm. and told you that at the end of the challenge, one of you would win a giant pool of money. <laughs> Let's say a million tax-free dollars. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What's the first thing you're going to do with it, Adam? Um, I'd probably finally put a down payment on a place in Brooklyn, I guess. That would... Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, we know what your goals are. Alex? Yeah. That's I, I was going to say I was going to split it with Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I was going to... A place for us to finally live together. <laughs> After 20 years, on your birthday, the present is your roommate. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let me ask you this. How risk-averse are you to an Ask Me Another challenge? Uh, not risk-averse at all. Oh, that's yeah. good. There are zero stakes. I'm in. There are zero stakes. <laughs> Fantastic. How about another round of applause for Adam Davidson and Alex Bloomberg? For this next game, I'm going to bring back Jonathan Colton and our puzzle guru, John Chinesky. Hello. 
And also to help us play this little game, we're going to bring out your colleagues from Planet Money, correspondent Robert Smith and producer Caitlin Kenny. Welcome, Robert and Caitlin. Now, Adam and Alex, we're doing something a little different here uh, because we want to take advantage of your full potential and talent for explaining complicated ideas that an average person can understand. So in this game, we're going to give you a list of economic terms, and you'll have to describe them to your colleagues so that they can guess the words. It's like charades with words. <laughs> right. But there are some ground rules. First, you can't say any part of the answer. So if you're including the phrase stock market, you can't say stock or market, obviously. Second, no cheating. You must try to give a definition or explanation of the term. You can't say, it's a three-syllable word that begins with S, or it's the thing we talked about yesterday in the story meeting. That makes sense, yes? <laughs> yes. Good. And because we really want you to explain things simply, you can only use words that are one syllable long. <laughs> right? So you can't say money or business or even the word very. Keep it really simple. Because if you use a multi-syllable word, you'll hear this. And then you'll have to move on to the next phrase. <laughs> and in case that wasn't interesting enough, we wanted there to be real stakes for this game. So the losing planet money team has to give the winning team all of the cash in their wallets. <laughs> it could no be a very stakes. small pool of money. Yeah, we'll find out. We don't know. Okay, so Adam, you'll be giving clues to Robert, and Alex and Caitlin, you can stand back and watch. You'll be next... There are the clues. I'm not sure Adam knows any one-syllable words. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you have 60 seconds on the clock. Are you ready? Ready. Ready. Go. Loan for a house. Mortgage. <laughs> uh, um. <laughs> Graph it. Act it. <laughs> coin. Uh, Bitcoin, wow. dollar coin, quarter. Uh, cash. Uh, I can't think of it. Yeah, it's a coin, a gold, a Krugerrand. Um, 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 like a Krugerrand, a euro. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, lawman for banks. Lawman, a regulator? Uh, uh, the SEC, the Securities Exchange Commission, a lawman for banks. The guard, the guy who stands up front uh, with the gun. Uh, no, the... Uh, <laughs> Gives to bad banks. <laughs> Lawman gives to bad banks. I think it's the Lone Lawman Ranger here. Okay. To bad banks. Oh. Time? Oh, that is time. Wow. wow. That, is that time. was Whoa, brutal. that was hard. How, who was it? Who's this Lawman? FDIC. John Chinesky, how did they do there? They got two points. Yes, they did get two points. That was pretty good. Okay, Alex, it's your turn. You'll be giving clues to Caitlin. Just remember one more time, one-syllable words only. And you also have 60 seconds on the clock, starting now. One firm, all might. Uh, <laughs> game. Mon fake. Monopoly. Uh, no work. 
Uh, unemployment. Uh, low class, high class. Oh wait, no. Crap. <laughs> uh, oil rich nations. Oh, oil rich. Oh. Rentier. Oil rich. <laughs> I can't say that. Uh, 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 old folks. Cash. Pension. Uh, uh, oh, Social Security. Uh, um, uh, makes cash. Bank. Uh, Fed. Federal Reserve. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, is that it? That's it. Around. Very good. Very impressive. Very good. Alex and Caitlin got four points that time. Very good. That's the end of the first round. For the second round, we're flipping the roles. So, Robert, you'll be giving the clues to Adam. And you'll, again, have 60 seconds. The clues this time are a little harder. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 60 seconds on the clock. And go. Spare a dime. Lend, loan, give, uh, bail out. Spare a dime. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, A poor... Out of work, old. Social security, pension, what? Um, uh, unemployment insurance? Dip. Depression? The Great Depression? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Low cash for poor work. <laughs> um, least cash. Minimum wage. Yes. <laughs> um... Big price for homes. Jumbo mortgage? <laughs> Big problem. Oh, oh. oh sorry. Um, Fed sets this. Interest rate? Yes. Fed funds rate? Ooh. All right. Oh, that's time. Time. That was time. That was time. Wow, well done. John Chinesky, what's the score? They got three that time. Now they have five. So Alex and Caitlin need to get at least two to win. All right. And roles are reversed this time. Caitlin will be cluing Alex. 60 seconds on the clock. Let's go. Uh, uh, cash. Out of check. Uh, once a year. Uh, 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 earned income tax credit. Uh, t- uh, taxes. Yep, uh, okay. Uh, and then direct- this is for work? Income tax. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, uh, we sell to other... That. Uh, oh. Sorry. Uh, okay. Uh, buy too much stuff. Uh, oh, uh, a consumption, overconsumption. Uh-huh. Leads uh, to... Ruin. Uh, bubble. Uh, housing bubble. Uh, uh. <laughs> okay. Uh, news about money. About, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> CNBC. Oh, all right. Okay. Uh. Uh. <laughs> That's hard. It's hard. It's hard. I know. I know. 
The economy is not a one-syllable issue. <laughs> this is true. Caitlin Alice got one point. It is a tie game. Whoa, it's a tie game. Adam and Alex, return to your buzzers, please. Here's your economics question. If your restaurant bill is $25 and you want to leave a 20% tip, what's the total charge? $30. I did say total charge, so Adam, you said 30. That's correct. That means Adam and Robert Smith's team wins. What an amazing wealth of knowledge. And one more round of applause for our VIPs, Alex Bloomberg and Adam Davidson. Get away, get a good job with more pain, you're okay, money, it's a gas, grab that cash with both hands and make a stash, new car cabby for stop That was Jonathan Colton doing Pink Floyd's Money. Now we're going to crown this week's grand champion. So let's bring back the winners from all of our former games. From which came first, Jamie Orenstein. From Triple Word Score, David Schmitz. From Istanbul, not Constantinople, Jim Sparnon. From In a World, Bill Holtzoffel. And from Just Add Nada, Cody Lee. I'm going to ask our puzzle guru, John Chinesky, to crown our winner. This final round is called Mind Your P's and Q's. No one is sure what the exact origin of that expression is, but we're going to do just that. In this round, all of the answers will be words, phrases, and proper names that contain both a P and a Q. Now, here's some hints. The answers will all start with P, but the P and Q might not be in the same word. For example, if I said it's a high school group that tries to increase school spirit, the answer would be pep squad. We're playing the spelling bee style, so one wrong answer and you're out. You only have a few seconds to give us an answer. Last person standing is our grand winner. Remember, every answer will start with the letter P and contain a Q. Here we go. Jamie, it's a test given by school teachers without any prior warning. Pop quiz. That's right. David, it causes teeth to yellow as bacteria attach to the surface. Plaque. Yes. Jim, it's the last name of the actress who plays Suki Stackhouse on the HBO series True Blood. Paquin. Paquin's right. Bill, it's a class that a student must have already completed as a condition for admission to a program. A prerequisite. That's correct. Cody, Set one year before Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is technically this type of film. Prequel. Yes, prequel it is. Back to Jamie. If you're surrounded by screaming kids all day, you might say, 
all I want is a little this three-word phrase. Peace and quiet. Yes. David, in the Stephen King novel Carrie, things go downhill after Carrie is elected this high school honor. Prom queen. Prom queen is right. Jim, it's the French word for why. Pourquoi? Pourquoi, oui, oui. Way to go. Bill, it's a two-word phrase describing a bedspread made from leftover scraps of fabric stitched together. Percale? Not percale, no. Let's see if Cody knows this. Three seconds. Let's see if Jamie knows it. Peace quilt? Not a peace quilt. Jamie, step aside. Let's see if David knows this. Uh, pre-made quilt. No. (laughs) Patchwork quilt. Patchwork quilt is correct. And Jim takes the game. Way to go, Jim. Jim, you did it. You're asking me another big winner. Jim, you're getting a special prize. You have a choice of either a one-on-one basketball match against our VIP, Alex Bloomberg... Or our VIP, Adam Davidson, will personally argue your side in any debate. (laughs) Unfortunately, that's all we have for you today, but you can be a puzzle player anytime, anyplace. Take us with you by downloading our podcast, or you can always find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is John Chinesky. Hey, my name out of Gramsci. Oh, heck, ninjas. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Now, Jolta Cannon. Our puzzle editor is Art Chung. Narc Thug. With additional puzzle writing by Sean Kennedy, Greg Lightman, Karen Lurie, Dan Schofield, Mary Tobler, and J. Keith Van Stratton. Ask Me Another is produced by Jesse Baker. Jab Seekers. Josh Rogeson. So Jig Honors. John Asante. Pat No Jeans. And Eleanor Kagan. And Orange Lake. Along with Portia robertson Migas and Eric Newsom. We are recorded by Paul Ruest, Ayabin Kuriev, and David Hurtkin. We'd like to thank our In a World narrator, Jonathan Bayless. Ah, saintly banjo. Our home in Brooklyn, New York, the Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. Our friends from Planet Money. An enemy plot. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, our house musician Jonathan Colton has clearly been complimented one too many times for his musical trivia skills because I think it's gone to his head. Jonathan Colton, Jonathan Colton, oh Johnny, 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 Jonathan Colton. Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, and genius Jonathan Colton for NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. 